every service He filled me with purpose Take your time while you worship him I'm unplugged from the matrix Believe without seeing I'm plugged into the matrix The Daily Perspective Welcome to the show that gives it to you with no fluff Real Christianity and that good stuff Welcome to The Daily Perspective And I am your host Mr. Daily I'd like to welcome you to Episode 17 of the Daily Perspective Podcast I want to give a shout out to everyone that is listening Via Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts Google Podcast Breaker, uh, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Um, oh man, I, I'm I, I'm losing them all now. There, there are so many Radio Public. Um, we're we're on a number of platforms now, so I want to shout everyone out that's listening and shout out to our host Transistor.fm. And anyone who's listening to us on Transistor.fm, I want to shout you out and big you up. And I also want to remind you, we are currently number 13 on the top 25 Christian men podcast. Um, I'm trying to get myself to number one on, the, on, on this list. This is the feed spot top 25 Christian men podcast. I want to be at number one. So I need your help. I need your support. I need you to download the episodes, listen to the episodes, share the episodes, get everyone listening. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Help me get these numbers up, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I appreciate the support. So what do I want to talk about today? Um, Talking about toxic masculinity. I'm talking about the pressure that men put themselves under, the undue pressure that men put themselves under and the undue pressure that society puts men under. Um, And it's an interesting one because today I... uh, Shout out to uh, shout out to my to my friend Dr. Terence Johnson. You can catch us every Friday at nine AM on the Imperfectly Human podcast. But uh, Dr. Terence put me up on a social media app called Club Clubhouse today, and um, so I subscribed. He well, he invited me because it's invitation only. So he invited me. I joined, and. Um, I got involved in a in a very interesting conversation today. Um, they were talking about um, patriarchy and and toxic, well, and masculinity, and, and I guess a, the toxic side of ma- masculinity and how um, men need to hold other men accountable. And then um, I was while I was still trying to figure out what I was what I was planning to talk to you guys about today. Uh, my wife said to me, well, why don't you talk about uh, the pressure that men and men are under and society and how society puts pressure on men? And um, I just thought, you know, maybe I'll combine the two because they are interrelated. Um, so let me start off with why I believe they are interrelated or so I believed I believe they are interrelated because society shapes what we as individuals aspire to be so what I mean by that is from a young age we are conditioned to believe that we need to act or behave in a certain way Um, the stereotypes are reinforced in us using media, um, marketing campaigns, uh, the people that we speak to, the books that we read, um, the school system. The school system has been, is one place where they really try to enforce those gender roles they try to say that a guy is this and a girl is that a man is this and a woman is that a woman 
a woman's role is this and a man's role is, is that. These are the traditional jobs that a man does and these are the traditional jobs that a woman does. A woman should not aspire to do these sports because that is a manly sport or whatever, whatever. The number of things. Now, they're not, sometimes these things are not explicitly said. Sometimes these things are, um, are suggested or inferred. You, you infer these things from the, from the way that they are, they are pro- proposed to you by whoever is saying them. So that, that is my view of, of where the, where society's pressure pushes men in a certain way. Um, the toxic masculinity part of it, again, I believe because of these gender roles that people put out there and these stereotypes that people continue to push, men are put into this, well, men are sometimes put on this pedestal where, and I've said it before, I said it on the, um, on the podcast, on the episode where we're talking about the purity movement, where men do not hold themselves to account. Um, Other men do not hold these men to account. And we just have a generation of men that lack account that there, where there is no accountability, no accountability for their actions, no accountability for their shortcomings, no accountability, um, for whatever decisions they make. It's always someone else's fault. It's, um, unless, unless, unless it's something good, unless it's something that society deems, um, you know, a good thing or they've made a success of themselves, then, Hey, suddenly they're self-made. Suddenly they're great. Suddenly they can take credit for that. But when it comes to their, when it comes to failings and shortcomings, it's, not their fault. It's someone else's fault. And that's, and I'm not sitting up here on a, you know, putting myself on a pedestal as if I've never been in a position where I, I use the same excuse or I had this, well, I don't want to say I had a toxic masculine view, but I will say that I was subject to the, um, pressures of, of, society i was i believed that to be a man meant that i had to be i guess masculine and what was the what's the so the the definition of masculine is pertaining to or pertaining to or characteristic of a man or men having qualities traditionally ascribed to men as strength and boldness. How interesting is that? Having qualities traditionally ascribed to men as strength and boldness. Um, yeah. So just reading that, the first thing you, you get off of that is that for some strange reason, they view women as lacking strength or boldness or so a woman that, so we're suggesting here that a woman that is strong or bold is somewhat masculine if 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 we take it as you know based on 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 the definition um i can tell you a lot i can tell you about a lot of men that the world would suggest is strong physically strong but true strength is not characterized by physical strength. You know, one of the things that 
I've always tried to educate people on is that someone who results to violence or someone who uses their fist to convey a message is not necessarily strong. Generally, that person is a bully because they know that they can over, overwhelm whoever they are up against with their physical strength and therefore have their way. So if all else fails, beat the person to a pulp. To me, that's, that, doesn't, that, doesn't simp- that doesn't signify strength. That signifies a bully. That's, that's, a, that's tyrannical behavior. To me, true strength is someone in the face of adversity can remain on a diplomatic course and someone who can apply wisdom to make sure that the right outcome is achieved in every scenario. True, step, true strength is someone who can admit their weaknesses and their flaws and, and their shortcomings. And there are a lot of men out there that believe that they are strong because they are physically strong. Maybe they can lift big weights or whatever, their hench, whatever, they, whatever it might be. But when, it, when push comes to shove, these men lack true strength because their character is weak. They have no integrity. They have no courage. They are, um, so they want to say that, I I guess the definition kind of infers that being timid makes you weak. I don't agree. Um, Someone, just because someone is shy or someone is more reserved, that doesn't necessarily make them weak. There's, you know, there is a quiet strength in some people and not only if we, because of these societal stereotypes and these societal constructs, we have created a world where men don't really understand what being a man is and women don't understand what being a man is. So they chase after they chase after what society tells them is a man. So according to so if we if we go by the you know let's go by everyone always throws up the Hollywood standards of, of what of what a man is. So a man is someone that is uh getting his money. He's um you know he's a big shot he's calling he's he's calling the shots he's 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 doing his thing career wise or whatever he is um in good generally in good shape they 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 love to throw that one out there so he's kind of blonk he's kind of ripped and i'm not saying that because i'm some tubby belly round telly tubby guy i'm i'm in good shape i work out i train i do my thing so that I'm not. I'm. I'm not trying to. It's not like I'm. I'm. I'm jealous or something like that. Now, um, but I'm just saying that Hollywood wants you to believe that a real man is someone that's all is ripped and you know muscles bulging everywhere and you know the shirts. The shirt is is like begging him because the, the shirt can't breathe when he's got the shirt on. Um, Hollywood wants you to believe that. A man is someone that has a um, a crazy sexual aura around him that women want to sleep with him and he has this charisma and this charm that he can charm the pants off of any chick. Um, Hollywood will want you to believe that he is someone that Force, can forcefully get his way. There are so many misconceptions of what Hollywood portrays a man to be. But Hollywood plays to what we have constructed. 
Hollywood plays to what we have accepted or what we have allowed to be defined as, as what a man looks like. But when you really look at, at the image that is portrayed as strength, you find that these men are... So one thing I'll say about a lot of men that, um, that sleep around, men that, you know, those, the king of the stick, the, 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 the pipe laying fools, the, the one, uh, the man with untold numbers of notches on his bedpost. Usually these guys are emotionally unavailable, emotionally crippled emotionally i'm not going to use that word actually i was going to say something but i'm not going to say it but they are emotionally removed they can't engage in they can't engage in um true emotions they they lack vulnerability i said something today in 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 the session that i was involved in um vulnerability is where you find out what vulnerability is where you find the makings of a real man. And what I mean by that is until a man is willing to truly expose his innermost desires, fears, um, shortcomings, whatever it may be, he's not ready to truly look in the mirror and face himself and deal with the man that's in the mirror. He can't become the man that he's supposed to be until he's willing to examine every part of him and demand the best from himself in every area. So what does that mean? If you are, if you want to be loved, you need to learn to give love. Not only do you need to learn to give love, you need to start by learning to give love to yourself. So if you can't even look in the mirror and love yourself and say, I accept you for who you are and I'm going to work on who you are to make you a better person, you're not ready to, you shouldn't, you can't call yourself a man. You can call yourself a man by gender, but really when we're talking about character, you can't call yourself a man. I think society puts this pressure on us where we're expected to be winning in every single lane of our lives. Society puts this pressure on us where we're expected to be bossing up all the time. The reality is you're not going to be bossing up all the time. The reality is life comes with challenges. The reality is that life has its peaks and troughs and it's in the troughs of life that you find, you find out who you really are because when you're on a high, everybody wants to be around you. Everybody wants to be your friend. Everyone wants to help you out because everyone wants a piece of whatever pie you have. When you're in a trough and all the yes men and yes women have disappeared and it's just you and that mirror, then you find out whether you have the strength the emotional strength to survive whatever you are going through. You have the, you find out whether you have the emotional strength to pick yourself up. See, to me, being a man means is it being a man is not defined by not falling. Being a man is defined by falling and continuing to get up no matter how many times you fall. Being a man is defined by, knowing that success 
is found. I don't want to say the word failures. Success is found in your in your fallings and 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 in your shortcomings. Every time you fall, you get up, you dust yourself off, you reevaluate, and you learn from that last fall, and you make and you make sure you can run a little bit further before you fall again. But guess what? You will fall again. Eventually, you iron out the kinks so you fall less frequently. But in this life, life is is not something that, that any man or woman can perfect. Life is going to continue to keep throwing lessons at you, and you have to keep willing to keep being willing to learn. So, what do I mean? At some point in your life, you are going to you are going to run up against a, a brick wall whether that's in your career, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in business, whether that's in friendship, how you tackle, how you get over that brick wall, how you get around that brick wall will determine who you shape out to be, who you become in the future. Some, some men will walk, will be faced with this brick wall and they will use brute force to run through the wall hey they go they get past it they get past it but that's not going to work for every wall some men will get to the wall and turn around and walk off because they lack the inner strength and the courage to figure out how to get around the wall. Some men will look for a hole in the wall or a a crack or something they can use to break down the wall and get through. Some men will climb over the wall. They will do whatever they need to do to get themselves up onto the wall and pull themselves over it and get past it. Some men will figure out how to get around the wall. They'll find an alternate path so that they, they change it. They, they deviate from that wall. Some men will hang up a mirror on that wall and examine themselves and, and look at themselves in, in that mirror and say, hey, how do, I, how, do I, how do you get past this wall? And some of those men will figure out that the easiest way to get through a wall is to build a door and open the door and walk through. Put simply... In your hard times, the way that you react to that situation, your choice or your approach to that situation determines what sort of man you are or you will be. Um, if If you react aggressively in every situation, then eventually that that repeated pattern becomes your character and your you become uh, well you become an aggressive person well whatever uh, less now some uh, some people may disagree with that um i i am a, i do believe that what we start off with is um habits soon become our character. Repeated acts, repeated habits become your character. If you have a habit of lying and you keep doing it, eventually your character, you become known as a liar. If you have a habit of cheating and you cheat 
constantly and you're like, oh man, it's just, oh, it's habit. Eventually, you become a cheater that someone that is just not emotionally involved or available in any relationship or anything. And you, for some reason, you can't figure out why you just keep cheating. I think an interesting thing for men to consider is that no man will ever be free of temptation. And um, what I mean by that is as men, we have the temptation to fight when things get ugly. Hey, sometimes you have to fight. I, I said, uh, let, me, let me be crystal clear. I am not an aggressive or violent person, but I can be. And what I mean by that is you put me in a situation where it's me or you, or you've done something to my wife, my children, I'll have to react violently. I'm just, I'm just putting out, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that would be the, that's, you know, sometimes you will get, you keep poking the bear and, and then you, you'll get mauled by the bear. For example, but what I'm, what I mean, what, what I mean by when I say that, you know, men are, have the temptation that they constantly have that temptation to fight is that, Society grooms us to believe that a man is supposed to be a fighter. A man is supposed to be an aggressor. A man is supposed to be a warrior or whatever. And to a certain extent, yes, I, I do believe these, that, that, that there, you know, some of these things are true, but fighting does not necessarily mean fighting with your fists. Aggression doesn't necessarily mean running up on someone and getting in someone's face. You can aggressively pursue a dream. It's still a form of aggression. It's, you know, I believe that as men, we should be relentless in our pursuits, but we should be gracious in that relentlessness meaning we shouldn't be willing to run over and crush anyone to achieve what we want to achieve. Doesn't mean that we would be willing to use underhanded tactics to win. It doesn't mean that we would be willing to destroy someone to win. Obviously, it means that when we go after something, we're going to give it our all. And if I'm up against someone for something, I will do my darn best to make sure that I win because that's being competitive. But will I, will I push, will I push them over or try and destroy them or try and harm them so that I can win? No, because as a man, I respect the energy and the effort of another man who is competing for the same thing. And I respect that sometimes I must be gracious in defeat as the, as another man should be gracious in defeat. Sometimes you're not going to win. You're not going to win all the time. Whoever believes they're going to win all the time is, well, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The reality is that sometimes, hey, you have to learn how to take an L. An L is not a bad thing. You reassess, you look, I said it before, you look at where you went wrong and you improve and you come back stronger and better. So, um, so that's one thing. Um, a man needs to be in control of his emotions. What I mean by that is this. 
a man should not fear crying. And some people are going to be going to be like, nah, nah, bruv, I don't, I don't cry. Nah, bad man don't cry. Cool. That's your perspective. But a man should not be afraid to show his emotions. Showing your emotions is not a sign of weakness. Showing vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. Um, or in my opinion, anyway, because to me, when you show vulnerability, you show that you are so confident in who you are that you are willing to expose your weaknesses because you will never allow those weaknesses to be taken, um, to get the better of you. You will never allow yourself to be defined by those weaknesses. Admitting your weaknesses means that you are admitting that there are areas in you that require work and that you are willing to do the work. And um, I, was, I was holding out on this, but I guess this is probably an appropriate time to, 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 to give the scripture that um, I was looking at. So. In Second Timoth- Timothy 1, verse 7, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So that's the amplified version. So... I believe that I think that the, the, for me, the bit that jumps out is he has given us a spirit of power and of love. So let's, let's take those, let's take those two first because some people will say, okay, I have power meaning I can exercise my authority over someone. I can crush someone, you know, I can crush someone with my power. But uh, like uh, Peter Parker's uncle said, with um, Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. And I believe that's what the Bible is telling us here, because, it, it, you know, right after it says power, it says love, meaning Someone, you shouldn't be using your power without love. Yes, you have, you have strength, but that strength must be used in love. And what does that mean? It means, for me, love means knowing when to show mercy, knowing when to show compassion. know when to be empathetic towards um, someone or to show sympathy. For me, love, love is an emotion. It's not even emotion. It's a char- it's character. The Bible says that God is love. The Bible does, you know, also tells us about God's great power, but the Bible doesn't ever tell it. Well, um, um, hey, if I'm wrong, I, I beg someone challenge me and show me where, where I missed this. But I've never heard the Bible say that God is power like that. The Bible says God is love. It defines God as love. You know, so... Love is the character, and it says, you know, we sh- we should strive to be Christ. We, well, as Christians, we strive to be Christ-like, meaning we strike we strive to have a, the character of Christ. Me and Christ is God, and 
you know, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, you know, the, the Trinity, that thing. Christ is one of the Trinity. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? So if God is love, Christ is love. So if we are striving to have the character of Christ, we are striving to be, to, to demonstrate or to, to have a character of love. Meaning, we must be willing to put others before ourselves. Meaning, we must be willing to see the best in others, even when they don't see the best in themselves. Meaning, we must be gracious towards others, even when they are not gracious towards us. Meaning, we must learn to put our pride to one side so that we can help others, so that we can encourage others, so that we can feed others. Meaning that we must be willing to have nothing so that others may have. That's not saying that, you know, you're going to live your life in poverty. What, when you do something out of love, it's knowing that it's, it's, it comes from... Uh, I'm struggling to I'm struggling to get this get get a point across to you but um when you do something out of love the way I see it is that you have this confidence in you that even if you only had a 100 pound left to your name and you gave that 100 pound to someone, to help someone out. You know that everything you needed that hundred pound for will still be taken care of. It's kind of like I'm wrapping up faith and, and works. Yeah, for me, that's it. So if you combine faith and then put in your faith to work, in an act of love, it's like this just this this melding pot of, of just magicness that, that happens. For me, that's that's what love is about. It's about being able to look past your own needs to say, I'm gonna do this for someone because I know that the God that I serve loves me enough to intervene in my life and take care of what I need because I'm stepping in to take care of what someone else needs. For me, that's, that's, I mean, that's a good, that's the way I want to look at how, if I'm talking about a character of love, a character of compassion, a character of grace, it's having a servant, a servant mind towards others. You know, every, there's, Another thing, society tells us that a man should be a leader. Christ was a leader. Christ led the best way that anyone could lead. The following that he had was mad. But Christ served. He served. He lived to serve. He lived to serve others. So... To be a leader, you must be a servant. But a lot of men just want to lead. They just want to dictate. They just want to tell you what to do. They want to be the boss. But being the boss and being a leader are two different things. A man is a leader. A boy is a boss. I think um, there are there are so many layers, so many layers to this, and I guess I'm going to put myself into this. So, for me, I had to acknowledge that. Everything I thought I knew had to be unlearned and relearned 
in a new way. And it all started from my understanding of what grace was and of who Christ was. And then I looked at how, uh, one thing I'll say is that in, for certain aspects of my life, I've always had a great example. Um, I put respect on my dad's name because at the end of the day, he taught me about providing for a family taught me about stepping up to the plate. Um, he taught me about making sacrifices and just, you know, doing my best. Now that's not to say that he was perfect because no man is perfect, but he was a great example for me. But there were elements of me that still required work. I was a people pleaser. I didn't know how to say no to people, even when something was clearly wrong and bad for me. As long as it made the other person happy, I was willing to do it. That's not, that's not a man. Um, and the result of my people pleasing was that I was absolutely miserable and unhappy to the point where there were points in my life where I just didn't even want to live. And I'm not, you know, I am not ashamed to say that that was something that I struggled with. There were points where I just didn't want to live. And that's me being 100% transparent and honest. Um, I didn't know how to communicate. I bottled everything up and kept everything inside and pushed it down. Well, guess what? You get to a point where there's no room to push anything else down. And the only way is back up. And when all, all those things start to bubble back up and start to erupt out of you, It's chaos. So again, I had to deal with, with all of that. And funny thing was, I used to say, oh, you know, I've got a really long fuse. I don't, you know, I don't blow up. I don't get angry. Once I got to that point where there was nowhere else to push those things, I was, I was a ticking time bomb. I was constantly just angry and let just letting off on people. I had a short fuse because there was nowhere else to push my frustration. So you, you came at me, I snapped right back at you. Um, I was super ambitious, but for the wrong reasons, because again, Society told, told me that men were successful, men were this, men were that. And I made a lot of money. Yeah, I'll admit, I made a lot of money, but the money didn't bring any happiness. It wasn't satisfying in any way. It caused, it brought more stress, more drama, more issues. I was in a career that I absolutely loathed and hated with a passion. I was nowhere near what I was passionate about. Not doing anything creative. Not using any of the gifts that I had. Not, not doing anything remotely near who I was. But I had money. but I, I will be the first to tell you that money does not bring happiness. Um, I went through a period where I guess, well, I've kind of covered that off because again, that the lack of communication almost cost me my marriage because I just bottled everything up. 
whenever she asked me anything, I didn't know how to respond. And then when I did eventually respond, I responded in a way that was to push her away. I responded in an aggressive way to, to st- get her to stop asking me questions. I responded in a way to defend myself and to pre- which I or to protect myself. What all I was really doing was hiding. I was building up walls to keep her out because I didn't want her to know who I really was because reality was I was afraid that if she discovered who I really was, she might not like who I really am. So I had to continue showing her this Hollywood version of myself that I'd created based on what society says a man looks like and keep the lie going, hoping that she was happy with it, with, with that version of me, but it wasn't sustainable until the walls came down until I was truly vulnerable until I started to look in the mirror and, and started to love the person that I saw in the mirror and, ex- and then personally accept the person that I saw in the mirror, nothing was going to change. Once I made that step, once I took that step, once I made that choice, once I decided that I was going to use the power that had been given to me and love myself and have sound judgment and exercise personal discipline um, things started to change. My heart, you know, my um, heart became more vulnerable. I was, I was, vul- I was av- emotionally available. I believe I became. Uh, well, we didn't have kids at that time, so, but it did. Op- it did prepare me for being a better father, because. Now I'm willing to communicate with my children in a way that I never thought I would be able to. I'm willing to sit down and talk to them about any subject, no matter what it is. And have, let them know that I'm willing to hear their voice in any situation. I'm willing to be vulnerable to them as well, to give them a real perspective on life. because. Um, let me put it this way. We forget that our children are watching us and they will learn from us what a marriage looks like or shouldn't look like. So you're, if you have sons they will watch their fathers and mirror their fathers. They will, or, or, or depending on, on, on the relationship, they may watch their fathers and, and say, I will never be like that man. Could go either way. Um, but they, but the fact is they will, they will learn by watching. They learn by watching their father they will learn by watching their mother as to how a woman, how they, how a woman should be, should treat a man, how their mom treats their dad is how they're going to, you know, what they're going to believe a woman should do for them. How that's going to be what they believe, how they believe a woman should treat them and how their dad treats their mom. Well, that's how, what they're going to learn about treating their, their partner or their spouse or whatever and vice versa if you have daughters they're going to be watching their va- father to see how he treats their mum and they're going to be watching their mum to see how she moves and how she treats their dad and they will in most cases mimic that behaviour so all you men that are out there doing dirt 
thinking you're not, you know, uh, this isn't hurting anyone or she, you know, she'll never know about it or whatever. Listen, when your kids are watching how you move and these kids are smart, what you are doing, how you are treating your spouse, how you are treating your partner, whatever it may be. If you have kids and they're watching this, know that you are basically giving them a template for their future. If you have daughters and they see you smacking their mum around, guess what? You're telling them that it's okay for a man to smack them around. And I bet you if a man puts his hands on your daughters, you're going to be mad as hell. So why are you putting your hands on someone else's daughter and vice versa for women that, that do that to men? Um, but because I'm, I'm talking here about toxic, I'm talking about masculinity or toxic masculinity and all this, um, all the stereotypes and all the things that are built up. Uh, I'll, I'll focus on the men. But if you, if you are out there sleeping around banging chicks all over the place doing this and that hey and your your daughters are going to think that it's okay for, if their man does that because hey their dad did it and their mom accepted it their mom didn't leave you know Think about the message that you send. Think about the future that you are setting up for your children. Be willing to be accountable, if not for your sake, for their sake. Hold yourself accountable. Have some damn self-discipline. Uh, it, it drives me crazy when I meet guys that literally say they can't help cheating because there are just too many chicks out there. And show some self-discipline. If you know that you, you can't, you knew that you could never control yourself, then you should don't, don't settle down. And be man enough to tell the women that you're you're hooking up with, to tell them that I'm never going to settle down. You're never going to be number one. In fact, you're going to be one of many. Um, I will never be truly committed to you or honest with you. Um, I'm going to want my cake and eat it. You will never get true emotional availability from me. You will never get vulnerability from me. Um, but hey, do you still want to hook up? She's gonna run. She's gonna run miles from that. But what we do is we come with a slick talk. We come with a we come with a you know the silver tongue, and we tell them we tell them all the nice all the all the things that we know they want to hear because we're just trying to get in between them fires. But then when push comes to shove, the real, the real you comes out. The man that's free with the hands comes out. The man that's so focused on his career, he can't love anyone else. He can't love anything else. The man that's not willing to love himself so he buries his head in work or buries himself in something else. The man that's not willing to be emotionally available so he continues to have one night stands or continues to cheat or continues to do whatever it is. These things that we have, have defined as what boys do or, you know, when they say boys will be boys and... Uh, no, these, this is, it's 
toxic behavior that society has normalized. And our responsibility as men, and especially as Christian men, is to stamp out this normalized toxic behavior and to push men to be accountable. You know, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And I've got a whole, whole thing. I'm not even going to get into that. If you really knew what that means, some men would think twice about becoming husbands because if you think about how the church moves when it comes to Christ, the church moves mad. The church does all sorts. The church is constantly flirting with all kinds of idolatry and idols and and all, all manner of madness. But Christ still loves the church. So what are you called to do as a husband? Love your wife in every situation through all manner of madness. Is that something that that you truly feel you can do? It takes a man to be able to examine himself and be comfortable in in himself and to have the strength and the resilience to deal with situations where his wife might be moving mad. That's not to say your wife will be moving mad. Let me just put that out there because, you know, let's say... Um, it says, wives submit unto your husbands as he submitted unto, unto, unto God or unto Christ. Um, and, you know, so when you read that whole scripture, that's where it all goes. There, there is a risk. When you are with a godly woman, she understands that submission is not sub- subordination yeah that's what i was trying to say submission is not subordination she's not under you she's a companion to you your authority is not there to be lorded over her but you are supposed to steady her as she steadies you she is there to compliment you um if i recall correctly let me find it in genesis 2 uh, bear with me. I will find it. Uh, right at right at the end of Genesis. Um, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. Now the Lord. Uh, so Genesis two eighteen. The, now the Lord God said, "It is not good, beneficial for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him." a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. So when God brought you a wife, he brought you someone who balances you, who is a counterpart to you, suitable for you and complements you. Meaning she is not beneath you. She completes you. Meaning you are not to put her on a pedestal either because you complete her. Because if she was fully complete, then there's no way she could, you know, I can't, I can't connect a whole coin to half a coin. I need two halves for them to to connect and complement each other. So there are things in you that are incomplete, that she is there to help you complete. And there are things in her that that are incomplete, that you are there to help her complete. I think it's, it's even symbolic how the Bible says that God took a rib out of Adam and made woman, meaning that by him being joined to Eve, he got his rib back he got the bit that was missing from him back and completed himself or he was made complete, sorry, by getting, by having Eve, by having that rib back in his life. But in order to 
understand these, to appreciate, to appreciate this, to be a real man, you have to be willing to put in the work to understand what the true picture was, what was God's original plan for you. Um, and I'm going to go to it because I was talking about it yesterday and I bet you I'm not going to find it now. Um, Jeremiah... 29 come on come on come on let's nah that's not the one um okay so i'm way off for some reason i can't remember exactly where it is now but um but it says in jeremiah i'll find i'll find it and i'll, I'll give you the i'll confirm exactly where it is but the, you know, God says, for the plan, I, for I know the plans that I have for you. They are not plans of disaster, but plans to give you a future and a hope. And, uh, you know, as a man, you have to, you have to be willing to understand the plans that were laid out for you. What was the blueprint that was put in place when you were created? Because until you appreciate that blueprint, you can't walk in the fullness of who you are. And when you, until you can, and if you can't walk in the fullness of who you are, you can't be a complete man. Therefore, you can't be, give your all to uh, to someone else to help complete that person don't just run after someone because they look good and, you know they they fine as hell you know the booty is is banging the she 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 got them tick old biddies or whatever you want don't look at the physical aesthetic you know obviously i know you have to be physically attracted to to someone but Look for that person that truly does compliment you. Look for that person that encourages you. Look for that person who has the strengths that cover your weaknesses. Look for the person that, that, that knows your, that you can share your weaknesses with and they, tell, they look at, to see how they can help you turn your weaknesses into strengths. That is the person that was created to compliment you. That is your rib. And when you find your rib, protect your rib. It's the, it's, you know, we wear body armor to protect our internal organs and all of that stuff. We, we wear shields and guards to protect our ribs. Protect your rib. Protect your women. Protect our women. Be a true man. Um, yeah, that's a, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to put, I'm going to stop there. Um, I will definitely, definitely revisit this topic. Um, I'm hoping to get someone else to come in and we'll have a good conversation. Uh, what, I, what I'm going to do, I don't know when, but I'm going to get a female perspective on this. I'll have a female guest on, on, on the episode, on an episode. And we're going to talk about, um, gender stereotypes, toxic masculinity and toxic femininity, femininity, because that also exists. Uh, but for now, we're going to leave it there. I appreciate you listening. Like I said, we're, um, I need your help. The Daily Perspective is still growing. The Daily Perspective Network is still growing. So check me out on a, on Friday mornings, 9 a.m. Uh, with Dr. Terrence Johnson on the Imperfectly Human podcast, where we talk about Christian life um, from, uh, well, uh, black Christian men's perspective but we talk about living this life as imperfectly human men who are flawed individuals trying to do their thing and keep it Christian 
you will know that that is what that is I've, as I always say on the daily perspective I am a flawed individual um, who is a product of grace and I thank God for his grace because his grace is what has made me who I am and I appreciate that without his grace I would not be and I would not be where I am or anywhere near who I am supposed to be uh, so yeah that's that um, support the Daily Perspective Network check out the YouTube page for the Daily Perspective Network uh, visit the blog www.dailyperspective.co.uk uh, check out the Facebook page join the group we do a lot of collaborations with iProgress uh, which is Dr. Terence Johnson's organization, Dr. Kendrick Bailey and uh, Jeffrey Hart. You know, those are family. These are, these are my peoples. They are doing some amazing things. Um, they've got Life Labs come in. They do uh, two live streams um, a week, one in their Take the Journey group and one um, on their Facebook page. Uh, they have amazing conversations they are very knowledgeable men who have a lot to give and a lot to share Um, we would like to keep connecting with them and and, you know I'd like to continue to support and continue to help them spread the message of what they do because I truly believe in what they do um you, you guys can continue to connect with me on Twitter, DY Daily at Twitter, um, on Instagram at DY Daily, and uh, you can email me, David at dailyperspective.co.uk. Keep in touch. Let's keep doing this. Um, and yeah, remember that you don't have to be perfect, but remember that you are a product of grace someone who is loved by Christ and someone who just you just got to run this race the best way that you know how you're going to fall you're going to trip over you're going to scrape your knee you're going to have cuts and bruises but you just got to make it to the finish line and um, yeah I hope to see you there (laughs) all right I'm out peace Oh,